Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that, that seems to be the decision. All down. Road. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. Tonight, the 5 and 2 Detroit Lions take on the 3... Oh, sorry, wrong program. Uh, let's take a look first at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR in Virginia over the weekend to take on Martinsville Speedway as we set the tone for the NASCAR playoffs. NASCAR Xfinity Series, what a, well, if you're a fan of the new playoffs, you probably thought it was a great race. If you're a fan of the classic racing, you probably thought it was an abomination. Regardless, Justin Allgaier squeaks through and gets the win. He will join Sam Mayer, John Hunter, Nemechek, and Cole Custer as the final four who will race for a championship in Phoenix. Moved to Sunday, and you got a little taste of the old NASCAR. And Rich, I'll bring you in here because, I don't know about you, but throughout the stretch of that 169 lap green flag run, when it got down to about 20, 15, 10 laps to go, and Ryan Blaney's in traffic, I, I said to myself, self, there will be a debris caution anytime. <laughs> and it never came, and Ryan Blaney went on to get the win. Uh, himself, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, and William Byron will race for the championship at Phoenix. A fun fact, Rich, that'll make everybody in the room feel a little older. Kyle Larson is the oldest driver who will race for a championship on Sunday. Young money, not feeling so young with that crowd around him. Uh, coming up on Sunday. Those things and so much more happening in a Motor City Minute. Uh, the joke at the beginning is this uh, this episode being recorded while our Detroit Lions get set to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so, Rich, not a whole lot to talk about <laughs> as we get started here tonight. No, can I, can I jump on the Denny Hamlin bandwagon and say I'm so happy he's in the same position he is once again? You know what I saw? So, listen, I am not a Denny Hamlin fan. Like karma? You know, after the well, the year he's had, I will say. <laughs> let me. So yeah, right. He he is who he is, and I thought this was very interesting. I I don't want to deny him of his accolades. Right, he's a NASCAR Cup Series winner. He's been in this sport for a very long time. He's been with Joe Gibbs for a for almost his entire career. Maybe his all maybe his entire career, um, in the Cup Series. Somebody compared him, and, and let me get through this before you freak out because I know it'll freak you out. Somebody compared him as the modern-day Mark Martin in the sense that he is always competitive. 
He is always winning races, but I almost guarantee you Denny Hamlin retires without a NASCAR Cup Series championship. Uh, he doesn't have the poise of Mark Martin. He doesn't have the respect of Mark Martin. But the the fact he 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 probably is a championship caliber driver, Rich, and he's never, in my opinion, probably going to have a Cup Series championship to show for it. I don't recall Mark Martin was my era growing up. I don't remember Mark Martin driving people all over the racetrack. <laughs> right. Um, right. And that's why I said right, not necessarily running, the running way his, running his mouth. Mark Martin was a class act yeah. for his entire career. So let's not get these two people. Well, no. And that's what I mean. It's not necessarily the way they drive, but I think that you could even, you could get over your disdain for D Denny Hamlin and say, he's one of the top cup series drivers from the last two decades. Um, in the fact of his race wins and his his compatibility and and in the contention for a championship, uh, if if he's in the Mark Martin era of championship uh, tallying, he probably wins a championship. But with the playoff format, not able to close in in the final weeks of the season, and so not able to race for a championship. And in the opportunities that he had for a championship, I think it was back in 2014 or 2016. Flat tire at Homestead takes him out of contention uh, in the final race of the year. So that that is the way that people are comparing him to Mark Martin in that he probably will retire uh, without a Cup Series championship. And by the way, keep an eye on, on social media because Denny Hamlin put out a tweet that resembled a retirement-style tweet. So just keep an eye on that throughout the offseason. Either that or he was just attention-seeking, which we can't necessarily put above. ODH. Let's look well, ahead, he had, Rich. Well, he, he is a car owner now, remember? So I know, he's yeah. got a, a, He's got another job to fall back on, and he'll probably go into the Hall of Fame after he's after he's done racing, right? You're probably right. Uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. never won a NASCAR Cup championship, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, it's possible. Well, let's look ahead, Rich. A big weekend preview on tap, and surprisingly, actually, and I'll say it surprisingly, several area drivers Joining us to make the trip down south about eight hours from the Michigan border to Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway for All-American 400 weekend. It begins on Friday with the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway quarter mile division. Then Saturday we welcome in the Jeg CRA All-Stars Tour for their non-point special alongside the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway Pro Late Models plus CRA Street Stocks, Boars Compact Touring Series, and pole qualifying for the ASA Stars National Tour in the 39th running of the All-American 400 on Sunday. No, I'm not taking this opportunity to practice the full name of the event uh, because it, it, it is a long one. Uh, but, Rich, as of today, 34 ASA Stars National Tour cars entered, 29. That's actually now up to 31 with the latest entry list that was just put out today. 31 Jag CRA All-Stars Tour Pro Late Models. And I do believe we are past the 20-car uh, threshold now. Let me verify that right now while we're on the air. Yes, 27 Jags, uh, excuse me, uh, CRA Street Stocks powered by Jags now entered for Saturday. So we have three really darn good fields getting ready to show up on Saturday, Rich. Yep, and, and I, I prepared something here. And just, just a little bit. Bear with me, right? So okay. let's start with the ASA Stars National Tour All-American 400. 34 cars. Zach, I went through this list of these entered, and I find 18 drivers 
minimum 18 drivers that not might have a chance that have a f- even chance of winning this race. This field is one of the strongest fields we've seen down at the All-American 400 um, in recent years, to be honest. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. So let's uh, break that down a little bit, shall we? Uh, you look at this field for the uh, Stars National Tour, right off the top, William Sawalich. And you always pick on me for my boy, William Sawalich, but you have to admit that when I have called his number, I have been pretty damn accurate to the point where he almost won the All-American 400 in his first appearance last year. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And then you you start going down the list, and, and, and we're not going to name them all. We'll be here for a half an hour. But um, so William Swalish, Luke Fenhouse, uh, Derek Thorne, anybody, any of those guys not being able to win this race, you think? Hold on. I don't think hold, so. Hold on. You skipped over one who might be new on the entry list. Well, I did you miss the DeForest, Wisconsin driver? Is he not on yours? Who are you talking about? He must be an entry for today. The number five out of DeForest, Wisconsin, the 2001 ASA champion, Johnny Sauter, coming yeah, back. Yeah, I'm not worried about Johnny Sauter. He's, Ooh, I mean, he's a hot take on a Monday. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not quite worried about him. But let, let's bust through some of the Austin Nason. He yep. was in the battle to win last year. He was in that big wreck that uh, – was that unbelievable wreck down at turn one inside five laps to go. Uh, Dave Summers uh, making the way down from the Midwest tour. Uh, Gio Ruggiero, Willie Allen, Bubba Pollard, Cole Butcher. Tell me when to stop, Zach. Jake Garcia, Jeremy Doss, Stephen Nassi, Matt Craig. Keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. All those guys, all those guys, all those drivers, can win this race. By the way, you, you missed get all the it. way down to the 91 yeah, of Yeah, there Majeski. it is, Ty Majeski. Um, for me, I'd like to go back and, and uh, look at Gabe Summers. Uh, Gabe Summers in the 15 is one you missed. Jackson Boone, four laps away from a North-South 100 win earlier this season. He's in contention for a pro late model championship at Nashville. Let's talk about him. Chase Berta finished fifth in a pro late model there earlier this season, was in contention for a top five at the Winchester 400, so the distance doesn't bother me now with Chase Berta. I think you really need to look at Chase Berta. Willie Allen, the Centerville, Tennessee driver in the Rackley War, number 26. You skipped over your boy, Bubba Pollard. Cole Butcher going to be there. Hunter Wright, who is uh, in in contention mathematically for the Pro Late Model Championship in 29. This, as you mentioned, 34-car field, probably 25 of them rich, have a shot to win this thing yeah and and what i was doing i was like i kind of had them like level one guys that you would say you would not have a problem picking him because you would feel pretty comfortable then you got guys just barely a step below right and 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 that's probably that's i would say that's probably the johnny Sauters. um you know maybe the jackson boone he's borderline right uh he's been so good down there chase berta for sure in that next level just because of everything that he's done this year and how he performed at Winchester. Um, you know, those kind of guys, Hunter Wright, you never know. If Hunter Wright has a good car, he could be competitive. Uh, but he hasn't done it in a super late model yet. So, man, I am just excited to get down there. I, Zach, this is going to be an awesome race. And, I, I mean, the pro late models, I think, are going to be just as good. You don't have as many of them. But, boy, those pro late models, as we've talked about before, those cars just don't get away from each other, right? They they stay in a pack, and it's it's outstanding racing. So both of those series, All American 400, All American 100 for the Jake Sierra All Stars Tour, 
I think have the potential to be one of the best All-American races uh, we've seen in recent years. Let me go back to the stars list one final time, and then we'll move on to the pro late models. I will echo what, what Rob Berta told me at Winchester. There are five guys, that, so we'll do it for the All-American. There are ten cars who could legitimately win this race. There are another ten who, uh, with a perfect day, could win this race. And then there are another 15 who could luck their way into an All-American 400 win, right? So that's just the kind of field we're looking at. Now Did Stephen Nassie luck his way into an All-American 400 win last year, running fifth eight seconds back with yeah. five laps to go, and he wins? Yeah, I think you so, know? right? Because the three cars that were going to win the race wrecked. So yeah. absolutely. Uh, let's flip over now to the uh, Jeg CRI All-Stars Tour Pro Late Model list. Some of these names are going to be very similar. Jackson Boone, right, in contention for a championship. He's battling with Dylan Fecho, who is looking to go three for his last four in championships at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. Jackson trying to get his second since 2019. Also on this, on this list, uh, how about Corey Dozer? He's been looking for a Nashville win, has a Jenks win this season. Uh, no door Dozer down at Salem Speedway. Uh, Chase Berta, Jenks CRI All-Stars Tour champion. We mentioned it fifth earlier this year. Names that you'll recognize now. Evan Schottko from Coopersville, Michigan. Kyle Steckley, the Milverton, Ontario driver and the APC champion. Um, Gavin Bochelli, or Bochelle, I should say. Bochelle. Just Bochelle. Um, he was on the hot seat last week. You've heard that name, and you know why. Isabella Robusto, another one of those drivers who was down at the Cars Tour in competition. Cole Williams, a two-time Nashville champion. Michael Hind, Mike Mazzagatti, Boston Oliver, Dylan Fetcho, as we mentioned, and some kid from Sparta, Michigan, who told us, we're just staying at Berlin. We aren't going to travel. The 88 machine of, of Andrew Scheid will be at the All-American 100 this Saturday at Nashville. I can't believe I let you call off all those drivers, and you didn't pick the guy that I got my eye on. All right, let, let's hear it. He's just outside the top two. Driver that Rackley wore. Number 26 machine, Dawson Sutton. You keep an eye on that young man. He's had a good car all year long down there at Nashville and wherever he goes. Keep an eye on him because everybody's everybody, I think, is looking at that Jackson Boone, Dylan Fecho battle, that duel for the points. Um, something could happen, and Dawson Sutton could ruin that party for both of those drivers. Let, I'm just saying. Let's quickly take a look at the CRA Street Stocks powered by Jags entry list, mainly because there's a couple of people that I want to point out in this. Uh, Brett Hudson, lights out at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, looking to go uh, three in a row for All-American Weekend here at Nashville. Another one that's always good, Ryan Aminette, the Newcastle, Indiana driver. Blaine Aiken is good at the big tracks. Um, we look down through this list. Jason Thompson is one to compete with. Chuck Barnes Jr. has an All-American weekend win. Josh Sage, uh, Ricky LaDuke from Kalamazoo will be making the trip down. Uh, Brian Baer will be back in that number 99 machine, the former, uh, the former machine piloted by uh, Jason Atkinson. But, Rich, let me know if this name rings a bell to you. Tyler Nicely. Does that name yeah. mean anything to you? He took a wrong turn, didn't he? Um, he actually competed in the Halloween 200 at Salem Speedway a couple of weeks ago and now will be at the All-American 100. The, and if you're thinking, Tyler Nicely, Tyler Nicely, we're talking about CRA Street Stocks. What the hell? Dirt Car UMP Modified National Champion, <laughs> Tyler Nicely, is going street stock racing in Nashville. How about that? 
that's pretty cool. You know, do, do you look at that list and see who you're missing? That is a huge surprise to me. Um. Well, the the. You know what? I do see that the number 20 machine is missing. Uh, That's right. Dalton Connor. Dalton Connor is not your champion. I have. Your 2023 champion is not on the list. I have been told you can expect them to show up, but who knows? So I don't don't know for sure. I don't know. It's hard to say. Oh, yeah. The champion doesn't pre-register, right? You just show up and they all watch you pull in. And then they all go, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. So there you go. There is a look at what's happening, and uh, we invite you to check it out all weekend long on RacingAmerica.tv. Friday night, of course, uh, John and Jonathan will have all the action from the Nashville Quarter Mile. And then, Rich, uh, myself and Jonathan and John and you on Saturday with the JEGS uh, CRA All-Stars Tour presented by Chevrolet Performance and the CRA Street Stocks powered by JEGS. Uh, We'll have all that action available to subscribers on Saturday. And then Sunday... You and I get to work together in a capacity that I don't think we have ever shared before. Am I remembering this correctly? I I think one of us has always been down there. Yeah. I I remember at Birch Run, you were on pit road. I was calling the race with Andrew Haynes. Yes. Um, But we've never both been on pit road, patrolling pit road uh, for a broadcast. And that's going to be really cool i'm getting my running shoes on yeah because they're going to start 30 some cars zach yeah and and because you're younger you're going to take a bunch of them well and see that's <laughs> what i was just going to say is there going to be a bad end of pit road i don't know that there is uh, i don't think there is i'll i, I kind of want the turn four side because uh, i i could be able to see the run to the the checker uh from the turn four side and and then we can meet in victory lane but we'll have to talk about that more as it gets closer but looking forward to that um, and uh, you can catch that on Racing America, track, uh, tracktv.com, um, and, and all those places as well. So there you go. Yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be, it'll be fun. That is an All-American 400 preview. If you can't make the trip, uh, catch it all online, racingamerica.tv. All right, Zane. Um, I've still got you from Plymouth, Indiana, but we were just talking about that, that you've moved, right? I'm, from, I'm still from Plymouth, but I guess I don't know what you want to really say. Okay. All right. We'll we'll we'll, we'll roll into that a little bit and talk about that. So, I'm Plymouth, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's Did you move? My <laughs> right, right, right. All right. Well, well, we can we, we'll even talk about that a little bit. So, all right. You know what we're gonna do here? We're just gonna chat about you and racing, and then we'll let you out of here. Sounds good. All right. Here we go. In three, two, one. Time to get into our interviews tonight, Rich, and uh, don't worry, it's not going to be like last week. It's not going to be a Sprint Car exclusive show, but it will be uh, featuring a Sprint Car driver this time around, originally making his home from Plymouth, Indiana. He's now finding some success down in other parts of the country, and uh, we're going to talk to him about that tonight. Zane DeVault, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Always glad to be on the show. Zane, uh, let's let's just start at the top here, because I said formerly from Plymouth, Indiana, um, at the beginning of the season and kind of into last year, I was on your case like, man, tell us what's going on. Tell us where you're going. Tell us what you're doing. And it was kind of quiet, right? It was like, well, I can't really say a whole lot right now. And then all of a sudden, Facebook started blowing up. We were seeing you were racing. And then we were seeing that you were winning and doing really good and traveling around and going to some high-profile races. So, man, just kind of an overview before we dive in deep. What has been going on with you and kind of what's changed since we last talked? 
Oh man, this uh, it's been a crazy year. You know, uh, I kind of went out on a limb and and uh, raced for a living for a year. So it's it's going good so far. Um, hopefully, it keeps rolling. And uh, but yeah, I mean, at the at the beginning of the year, I uh, kind of wanted to talk to you guys and everything, but everything was kind of just coming together. Uh, moved down to North Carolina, raced for Jeff McCall, and. Uh, and was doing good down here, you know. Um, and then once things got rolling, man, it was, it was, uh, it was like all hands on deck, a hundred mile an hour. So <laughs> never really got a chance to get back with you guys, but um, yeah. So ended up that deal kind of uh, we split ways or whatever. Um, and and I got with uh, another deal uh, out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and me and uh, me and Hunter Jackson moved out there. And, you know, we, we had a lot of success with Jeff, you know, uh, running J&Js and everything and, and running in Ohio uh, and down south some here and with USCS uh, and kind of mixing it up, 360 and 410 stuff. And then, uh, you know, we, we kind of got this deal going now in South Dakota and we've been traveling, traveling through, through the, the Midwest um and had a lot of success 360 and 410 wise there too uh you know we have we've only raced a couple three or 410 races um but we did pretty good uh so hopefully we can keep the ball rolling this weekend at the final yeah um, and but yeah that's kind of where we're at right now so let, i want to back up a little bit here so it it you know you've been established around these parts and you've raced for some pretty good car owners in the Michigan, Indiana, Ohio region, um, what what occurs or what leads you or tells you or or what sign do you see to make that decision to say, you know what, we're packing up shop and we're moving to the racing capital of the country and we're going to try to do this thing for real and make a real living out of this. How how did how did you make that decision and what led you to do that? Oh man, I mean, I can't. Uh... I can't say enough for, for the people that are behind me. You know, my family kind of really pushed me to do that. You know, I've, this is obviously a dream come true, obviously to do it for a living. Um, and my family really stepped up and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm young, but I, I had a, a lot of my bills paid off and everything other than my house payment. So, uh, and they, they were like, dude, you just got to do it. You got to go for it. Um, you know, I'm young and, uh, this is what, me and so, my dad have, so, but let's know, let, but let's let's years. let's pause right here though. So, what is it? Is it just weighing on your heart that like I'm a good race car driver and I know I can do bigger things than what I can do right now out of Indiana? Man, it wasn't even that. It was just you know really the 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 right opportunity came, but I mean it's just so far away. I mean, if I was, I wish it would have been in Indiana. You know, it made made the decision a lot easier. Um, you know, you're moving ten hours away from home um, and know nobody. Um, so, I mean, it was a tough decision. Um, but at some point you, you got to invest in yourself and invest in, in what you think you can do, um, and believe that you can do it. I mean, even if you can't, uh, in the long run or whatever, you know, you still got to make it an attempt. Um, so, you know, Brett Lane, there was a lot of long nights on the phone with Brett Lane, um, you know, talking about it, you know, obviously he kind of did the same thing with, you know, his race team, you know, he just, you know, 
pushed all the chips forward to the dealer and said, I'm all in. And, uh, you know, his, his cards have, have been playing right. And he's been dealt some good hands in his, his career to get his team rolling. And he goes, you know, at some point you got to do what I did and just, and go all in. So, you know, that's, I had a lot of, a lot of good people give me good advice and just, and, and kind of back me and, and help build my confidence that I could do it. So, you know, me and Max Stamball talk a lot and, and, you know, he, he's pretty honest with me. If, if, if he wouldn't think I couldn't do it, he would, uh, he would definitely tell me you don't need to do it. I don't think you can make it. So, um, you know, and, and he, he thought I could. And so I just, I went out on a limb and said, true, I'm young. If, uh, if it all, if it all fails, at least, you know, it's not life threatening. You know, I can't rebuild my life. Um, you know, I don't have a kid. I don't have, have a wife and, and have a big house payment and a lot of bills. So, um, it's pretty easy to recover if you fail. Um, so obviously right now it's going good and it's, uh, on the upward, upward climb. And, uh, as Max would say, you just got to ride the wave. So it's been going good. So. I can't complain. I've met a lot of great people and just got to keep rolling. Zane, obviously it's a big difference from running around this region. And, you know, you you would be the first one to admit, you know, you, you've been with some good car owners where you were able, able to win some races, you know, and you, and you went through some tough times, right? Um, and, oh, and, oh, yeah. up, and up and down, right? Not just once or twice. I mean, you, you've covered the gamut. Um, you make this decision a lot more stress in your life now. Yes and no. I mean, it's a different, different kind of stress. You know, you're, you're racing for a living. You went from a 40 hour a week job to where as long as you show up and you do, do a decent job and, and get, get the work done, you get paid, you know, and you, and you're going to keep a job. And then it goes to the point where it's all percentage, you know, you could go out there and get second place and think you did good, but you know, obviously owners, have different personalities or, or different thoughts. And, you know, if you, if they don't think you're performing good enough um, and they think someone else will, it don't matter if you go out and win a race. Um, But if you're not winning enough or doing good enough, or, you know, you don't, you're not clicking good enough, you're, uh, you're out of, out of job. Um, So it's, it's, it's stressful, but I'm, I can't say enough for, you know, Jeff McCall and Jeremy Scadden, you know, these, those guys, good and bad, they were behind me, didn't care. Um, you know, I've, they, they, they are the type of people that you want to race for. Um, you know, and there, there's a lot of really good car owners out there still today. Um, and I, I you know, I, I thank them a lot for being able to stick with me, you know, even just this year, you know, I've had, I've had, Everyone I've drove for, I can't say enough for all the owners and the, and the people that have chipped in to get me here. Um, so I've had the opportunity to run for for some really good car owners. So um, I haven't had one bad one yet. So hopefully it keeps rolling that way. And and it's a lot different, right? It's not whether you're new to the business or you've been doing it a while. I mean, we just saw just news released a l- little while ago. Uh, Thomas Mesrell out of a ride after five years with that race team. Um, even the best, uh, and I, I guess you can probably say he wasn't, didn't have a great year, but it doesn't take long for them to find, go and find somebody else. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I saw a comment on Facebook on that. Me and Hunter were talking about that, you know, 
they, they had a lot of different changes and everything going on in, in their uh, program too. And, you know, sometimes it's a change will make good things. And sometimes the thing, a change will make bad things. And, you know, someone commented that they were making a lot of changes to Thomas's program and, and, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it didn't. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just one of those deals, you know, it's, it, it's got a, it's got a mesh, it's got a flow. Um, and, you know, sometimes change is good. And like I said, sometimes change is good. Sometimes change is bad. So um, I don't really know what happened there, but uh, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to get, get all the, all the good car owners and the good changes in my life, in my career to uh, keep stepping up and, and running for good, good people and being able to do it for a living now. So you mentioned that uh, it started by moving to, to the Carolinas and then the deal came for the Dakotas. And so uh, that team being out of South Dakota. So where do you, where did you land? Did, did you move twice in the same year then? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, uh, we were, uh, we uh, came home for, I think, four or five days to Indiana and I uh, got the call to go out to South Dakota. And I think, that was on a Friday afternoon and Monday night we were, uh, me and Hunter packed our suitcases back up and, and rolled, rolled on to, uh, <laughs> to South Dakota. So, I mean, you know, it's pretty cool. We're young. He's 22 years old and I'm 24. So like I said, we, we both, uh, don't have a wife and kids, you know, that, that need us at home 24 seven. So we can, we can kind of just root up and, and move our life you know, 10 hours away, you know, we, we were south 10 hours from home and got back for a couple of days and then we moved, moved out West 10 hours. So, um, I know our parents and, and family keep saying, you know, find a, find a team closer. And sometimes it just doesn't work <laughs> out that way, you know, but, um, it'd be nice, but, uh, it's, it's not bad, you know, living out on the road. It's, it's cool. You get to see a lot of different, different places, different people, um, different cultures. That's for sure. You know, uh, but, um, well, I got to ask you this. So, so you mentioned this, right? So you go from working a 40 hour a week job with, with some pretty good security, right? Um, you know, that the only way you're going to get fired is if you, you know, do something, you slap a coworker or say a naughty word to the big boss. Now with that performance-based job, when, when you and your first car owner from North Carolina decide to go separate ways, what's the mentality like? What's the mindset? Uh, how, how, it may be scary is the word. How was that to, to handle going, okay, uh, here we are, 24 years old. This is supposed to be my new lifestyle. And for, for that brief moment, I'm out of a job. Was there, was there some concern there, or was the South Dakota deal maybe already in the works when that started? Take me through that process. No, it was uh, 100% freak out. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was not, not a – good easy feeling um you know just really everything ended on good terms um with with the north carolina deal um you know me and me and him kind of still talk here and there um and 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 are on good terms so that was all good but i think it's just one of those deals where you're it's it's you know there's so many drivers and not enough teams anymore right um you know owners are either getting worn out by some of these some of these car or these drivers or 
you know, don't have enough money because things are getting so expensive and everything. So, you know, it's, it's a full blown freak out moment. You know, you, you get up and, and leave your job and, and a life that is so pretty much steady and, and, you know, really down pat set in stone that you've got a job, but, but then you, you go to something that in a matter of minutes, you're, uh, you're not, you're out of a job and, and it's not easy to get a job. You know, it isn't just go put an application in somewhere and, and as long as you show up nowadays, you get the job. I mean, it's, it's not like that. So it was, um, it was pretty, pretty scary. You know, we had a 10 hour drive home and I was, I was making phone calls the whole time trying to, yeah. trying to get some owners phone numbers and, and try and find something. So, um, you know, I got lucky and, and things kind of fell into place that I got hooked up with Jeremy Scadden and, uh, you know, he, he gave me a heck of an opportunity to me and Hunter to, uh, to kind of, kind of do what, what we wanted to do. We both wanted to go racing and everything. And, uh, you know, he was kind of in the same, same situation. You know, he, he just had a, had a deal going with someone and, and it fell apart. And, uh, so he was kind of in freak mode also, I feel like where he, he was at the, turning point where he either wanted to keep racing or, or he was going to have to sell out. Um, and he was just discouraged. Um, and we were able to kind of, kind of keep that void going for him. And, and, uh, so far so good. I mean, he's, he's happy with what, what, uh, we've been doing and, and I'm thrilled with what we're doing. Um, so can't be happier. Let's talk about this a little bit. Sprint car racing. Uh, when I think about sprint car racing, obviously in, in this region, to me, Indiana is the sprint car capital, right? Uh, non-wing sprint car racing is huge in Indiana. Um, then you got to kind of go over to Ohio to get to the wing stuff. What is the rest of the What's the rest of the country been like, Zane? I mean, for those of us who only get to see it on TV, how is the culture different? How is the racetracks different? Or how are they the same, maybe even as to what you kind of grew up doing, and now you've got to see some other. I mean, you've, you've got to see some racetracks that really we around here don't get to see. Uh, unless we go on a vacation or turn on the TV, talking about Cherokee, talking about Talladega, uh, Lernerville, right, uh, Portsmouth, Sharon, which is not too far away, but um, Cedar Lake. I mean, these places, Lucas Oil, that we really would have to make a destination out of to go see racing there. What's it been like to go to these places, and, and kind of what's the what are, what is the differences between racing in Indiana and Michigan to racing now on these national stages? man i don't know it's uh it's hard i mean i don't know really the biggest difference it's really cool to to be able to click a lot of tracks off the bucket list um or that you see you know that you like you say it's it's a it take a big commitment of vacation or something to go out and do um and you know, for me, it's just another day, another race. Uh, so and, and by the way, you're not just going cool. to these racetracks, right? Second, or excuse me, third at Talladega, second at I-75, fourth at Lernerville earlier in the season, uh, second at Sharon. I mean, you aren't just going to these places. You're doing well. First at Carolina earlier back in July, second at Cedar Lake, uh, third at Clay County. Lucas Oil didn't go your way, so that's fine. We'll skip over that. Lee County. Win there, 34 Raceway, win there, fourth at Lincoln, uh, first at Riverside. 
these are places you're going to, and and you're you're not you're not just showing up and and starting park or hoping to transfer into the show, dude. You are w- winning these races or right there in contention. That to me is more impressive than just getting to go to this place. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I said, it's just it's one of those deals where you just get something that finally clicks, man, and it and it's it's just it's a match made in heaven almost, you know, you just start rolling. Um, you know, it was, it's pretty good. I think it was a really easy transition this year too, because, you know, I was running J and J's earlier this year. Um, and, and this, this program's all based around J and J's too. So, I mean, it's, it's easy transition. The motors are good. We got Donut 360s, Ryder 410s, you know, the deal I was running earlier this year, it had Ryder, Ryder motors also. So, everything's really easy and, and you know the ball kind of started rolling with that deal and, and it just transitioned over this so you know i don't know it's it's um it's been pretty good i mean i, I like i said i can't complain you know there's there's been some nights where we get you know i think we got a fifth at at um hattiesburg this past weekend and we run third at milton and you know, I come in and I'm like discouraged. I am upset, and Hunter's Hunter's same way. You know, he's he's upset, and and we're struggling, and you know, we tried to make changes to the car, and I felt like it didn't didn't make us no faster, and and I couldn't feel the change, and we were all upset and everything, and you know, I start talking to Lance Moss, and and you know, he you know he's done it a long time, and you know, he kind of got me settled back down, and said, dude, you just got to ride it out. You know, he had a bad weekend, calm down. You know, it gets to where when you're running good and everything, you have a few good runs, you know, top fives, but it's still you're not satisfied. You know, you just got to keep digging, and that's you know, I'm I'm hungry and you know to keep doing more, and and Hunter is too. So I think you know whatever it is, we don't give up, and we're and we're never satisfied. You know, we we win the race, you know, this Friday at uh, Deep South in Boxley, Alabama, and I come in and you know the car was good as everyone else saw it, but, you know, I come in and, and I, I wasn't complaining about the car, but it, it wasn't <laughs> what I thought, you know, I mean, I think, I think that even Hunter would, you know, if he was on here right now, he would, he would second that thought. I mean, it just, we weren't a 100% happy with what happened or what we did to the car. You know, we didn't do much, but it, it's also hard, you know, going to all these tracks um, and you've never been there and there's, you know, such different dirt, you know, you go up North and it's kind of sandy and it packs the sand packs. And then you go down here and it's, it's beach sand, you know, and, and some of it is red and some of it, you know, tan, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, the tan stuff, it can get super hard and slick. And then some of it, it just never quits digging out and it just keeps sandy. And, and so it's hard and it's difficult, you know, and, we didn't really know what to expect, you know, so we kind of just left the car alone and, and all the cards played into our favor and we ended up winning. But, you know, then we go the next night and, you know, we go to 11th to second and, and had a shot at winning it at a, you know, certain points of the race. Um, but the track kind of did something that we've never been able to experience. So, um, you know, we end up second here again and, and it's cool. It's great. We got second place, but, you know, we want that win all the time. So, you know, we're, we're hungry and, and just keep striving for excellence. Um, so I, I, I don't know if, 
I don't know if that's the key to everything, but we uh, we definitely are open minded and, and keep keep trying to try new things and never satisfied. Zane, I got to ask. You know, you you said you you know you, you kind of flipped out and panicked when you didn't have a ride. You 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 got this one. Um, seems to be working out. But is this and maybe you don't know yet, but is this a stepping stone for someone else to notice you to move to the next level? Or are you happy with what you guys are doing right now? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I think if a big time offer comes or whatever, I think Jeremy would be a little upset if, if I could better myself, you know, he's, he's a great guy. And I think if I could better myself and, and go race for a, a world outlaw team or something, obviously he would, I, I'm sure he would second me all day long and, and would stand behind me still um, and, and everything. But, Right now, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of things that are changing right now in the, in the sprint car world. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to do some moves. You know, you see the 11 just opened up today, and, and that's pretty shocking news and everything. So I think there's going to be a lot of people moving and, and, and things changing. So I think that uh, it's just one of those things where you got to be open-minded. But, um, you know, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Uh, I can't complain with Jeremy Scadden and, and – and I think that, uh, you know, it's going good. I mean, everything's rolling. And like I said, you know, we're we're having a good time. And, and I think he's having a good time, too. So just uh, riding the wave, you know, just one of those deals where I'm doing my I'm, – I'm, I'm out here chasing my dream and living it. So I can't be too upset. And, and looking for a ride really right now isn't really what's on my agenda. Uh, my, on my agenda is, is to go out this weekend – and have a really good run um, and, and try and build this team bigger and better. Um, so until that opportunity comes that um, basically I am a full-time driver, don't work on the car and don't do nothing for, for a big world outlaw team. Um, you know, I'll, I'm open-minded, but as of right now, I just, I think we need to finish this year, year out strong and, uh, and keep rolling with what, what we've got handed us. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think, I think, uh, Jeremy Scadden's definitely looking to build bigger and better. So as of right now, I'm, I'm pretty content with where I'm at for this deal. What are you guys looking at doing now? I mean, I say the rest of the year, it's, I mean, I don't know how, how often they run down South or how deep into the year, you know, obviously we're, we're really done up North and up in the Dakotas, everybody's done and th through Indiana and Illinois. Um, what are you guys looking at? Do you have an off season? Yeah. Um, there's a little off season, um, but I don't know. We, uh, I know we're look, definitely looking at going to Tampa um, and running the East Bay deal. Um, but I don't really know what all that consists of, of races around there. You know, USCS has, has that winter heat deal and everything, but I don't know. It kind of depends. We have, like I said, you know, I've, I've been really focused on just finishing this year out really strong and having a lot of good runs. And, and that's kind of what Jeremy wants too. So um, as of right now, I know, I know we're, we both talked about going to Tampa because it's supposed to be the last year. Um, well, it's been supposed to be the last year, the last what, six years, but <laughs> anyway, so we, we want to go do that. Um, and, and I think we are going to kind of make a, make a little mini vacation together as the team and, and kind of hang out and, and, and have fun. So as of right now, that's, that's all the future plans, I guess, that I can say that I've 
truly have. Um, and I know we're going to run, run Cherokee tomorrow in the world finals the rest of the week and, uh, hang out here in North Carolina for a couple of days and then go run Oklahoma with the power Eye series, um, next weekend. So other than that, that's all, uh, future plans is Tampa, I guess. So just, like I said, riding the wave, man, good or bad. You just, it's got to, you got to keep, keep pushing through the good times and the bad times. You know, you mentioned earlier in this uh, that, you know, you had what you called a bad weekend, which by the way, the worst finish during that bad weekend was fifth. Um, so that, there are guys that would probably do something short of murder to get a result like that on a regular basis. But, you know, 24 years old, you mentioned it. You have always been, for as long as I've known you, a very emotional guy. And what I mean by that is not necessarily that you're going to be crying when you go to end of in victory lane, but that you are just, you're, you're full tilt. <clears throat> you wear what you're thinking on your sleeve. Um, and, and you are just wired that way uh, has, has moving into this role of, of driver and crew member and, and this being your job has part of that development for you been where we got to keep the emotions in check during big situations because yeah, this is our job now. And, and that's part of, is, is that's part of it. Has that been any part of your development here over the last year? Man, I don't even know. I think, I think the biggest thing is, you know, Hunter Jackson has stepped up huge. I mean, you know, we've been best friends since I can't even remember. I mean, I think, I mean, we grew up together, you know, going to Kokomo Speedway on Sundays and, and our families, you know, we're pretty close and everything. So, you know, we knew each other growing up and, you know, I've obviously always kind of been the wild child mentality um, in everything on and off the racetrack. Um, and so he but, knows how to process that. Oh yeah, yeah, and and I mean, but it's not it's not so much that I, I think we know when to turn the switch on and when to turn the switch off. You know, we have a, a lot of fun while we're at the racetrack. We we uh, laugh and joke and and make fun of each other and have a good time. But uh, when things get serious, you know, we can we can we could almost go a whole night and probably not even say a word to each other, other than you know, kind of talking about setup a little bit and. You know, if, if we wadded the car up, we could probably put the whole car back together and probably say a couple words to each other. Um, you know, it just meshes. We flow really well together. We work together well. Um, you know, we both put our noses, noses down on the grindstone and get, and get things done. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think, I think when I get kind of wound up sometimes over things that I don't need to, he, he kind of calms me down. Um, and when he gets wound up over things, I kind of calm him down. So, uh, it's, it's a balance of, of both worlds. Um, and, and sometimes when he's not wound up and, and excited about things, I'll get him a little wound up. So, um, you know, we have a blast. I mean, uh, there's the emotions are still there, you know, emotions run high, especially, you know, it's a, it's a very, a very deep sport. Um, you know, everyone wants to win. Um, you know, every, there's blood, sweat and tears going to this thing. So, um, emotions always run high, you know, there's a lot of money on the line and everything. So, but I think you also got to have fun with it. You know, you don't want to wear yourself out too early. And, uh, you know, we have, like I said, I have a, have a good owner and, and good people standing behind me, um, and, and someone to work by my side that we do, uh, do really well together. So I can't think enough. Well, Zane, uh, man, the uh... people. Go, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. 
Yeah, I just wanted to to say here as we wrap things up because we could talk about this all night because it's been really pretty cool to <clears throat> get back into following your journey and you still have some fans, uh, a lot of them in this area who are following what you're doing. And uh, for those who maybe have lost touch with you, it seems like Zane DeVault Racing on Facebook has started to pick back up on activity. And uh, that's probably the best place for people to keep up with what you've got going on. Yeah, yeah. I post, I have Hunter post a lot on it. You know, I'm not, he was, he was always a student in school and I wasn't always a student in school. <laughs> so my spelling's a little off maybe sometimes and, uh, and grammar. So he, uh, he, he does mo- all that stuff and, and does a really good job. Um, and we, uh, we try to keep that posted as much as possible and try to post at least once, once every night, about every night. Um, sometimes it's hard, you know, we're, it's just me and him out on the road and we're pretty busy, but we try to keep that updated as much as possible. Um, and, uh, hopefully, you know, we don't have any merchandise or anything yet, but we're hoping to, uh, hoping to get some, uh, in the off season and, uh, try and get some get some merchandise selling for, for all the fans and everything. So, you know, I had some wing panels for sale um, this this past couple of weeks, and no one really – some people messaged me about it, um, but it, it's hard. You know, we're out on the road, and there, there's really nowhere to – not like it's something small and you can ship it. But um, <laughs> So, I know – I think we've got a couple more at the shop, and I think we've got a tail tank that over the course of the winter we're probably going to try and sell – um, you know, I'll sign them and, and try and sell them to some fans or whatever. And, and if I come home, even in Indiana area, it'll be a little easier to kind of maybe sell them, sell them to some people in Michigan or whatever. Cause I know I got a lot of fans in Indiana and Michigan. So, um, just, uh, yeah, keep posted on Facebook and, uh, I'm sure we'll be posting about merchandise and, and things for sale. So everything, everything's usually posted there first, I guess. All right, man. Well, hey, congratulations on on doing something that a lot of people wish they could do, and you have taken that leap and and are doing it, man. So uh, congratulations. Best of luck to you moving forward. Good luck this weekend. We're going to keep an eye on you. And uh, good luck into the winter, too, man. Hopefully, like you said, you can get down to Tampa and uh, be a part of East Bay for for what they keep saying is maybe finally the final time. Who knows? Uh, we don't want to see it go away, but who knows? Uh, so Zane, man, congratulations on all the accomplishments, man. We'll we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. Always uh, always grateful to be on your show, and it's always a good good time. And Zach, uh, on the phone lines now, we have a gentleman. Some news was made last week. Uh, you know, we we've had Carson Hosvar on the program several times, and. You know, he's making a name for himself a little bit. He's going to be a little busy this weekend coming up, going after a truck series championship. But uh, he's now going to be the owner and operator of a late model team, and they're going to do some driver development stuff. And uh, we needed to talk to somebody because Carson was a little busy. So we got to hold the next man in charge, uh, Carson's crew chief, Zach Dunson. Uh, makes his home in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings, man. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... I guess if you can't get the boss, I guess you get the next peon down the list, I guess. <laughs> well, no, I want to say real quick, man, we were excited to get that message uh, from you because, Rich, this is, I mean, this is big news in the sense of the continued development of, of this kid that we've been watching grow. And, and, Rich, I think we were kind of wondering, we've been talking about what was going to happen with this program. Yeah, yeah it's, Go ahead, Rich. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, you know, I didn't, we didn't know, I don't think, you know, with, you know, with Carson getting the cup ride for next year, what was going to happen with the late model? Because his time is going to be less available, right? To go do, 
to go do late model racing. So how'd you guys, did you guys talk, kind of go, go through the process of you guys talking about and deciding to do this? Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew it was coming. I knew the cup deal was coming for a couple months now, I guess. And it was one of them deals him and I've always talked about doing. Um, and he has less time and less time with the trucks. And then he had some Xfinity starts and it just kind of boiled down to where I had to do something. Um, racing eight times a year wasn't enough. And I was doing some kind of crew chief for hire consulting stuff for Van Dorn Racing Development. And I had a lot of fun just focusing all my efforts on one person back in 2020 and then 2021. And then it kind of started tailing off towards the 21, 22 when he started getting more busy. And um, that, that was the end goal is to get him to Sundays. And um, yeah, we talked about it. And uh, actually, the, we never even put anything out. That's why I think it caught everybody off guard. We weren't really even looking yet. Um, but a crew guy of ours was mutual friends with Chase's parents, or at least his father, and known the family for a long time, and they put us in contact. And, uh, I mean, from there, I guess if you want me to go into it now, um, he, uh, we had him over here for, like, an interview, kind of talked to him, his father and his grandfather, and then we decided to do a couple of back-to-back -back tests. So we tested Berlin on one day. And then went right to Owasso the next day um, with the very same car that Carson ran the Masters of the Pros with. So we had a pretty good idea how fast we needed to go, so on and so forth. And it was it was pretty apparent right away. Um, he had a ton of talent. Um, he's very, very limited starts. He doesn't have a ton of late mile racing experience. Um, he just started in late miles this year. And I believe they run box stock 602s over at the tracks he run, runs. And, uh, I watched him on video a lot and you could pack the information to him why he was going around Berlin and he would soak it up um, why he was, why he was out there running competitive laps. So um, something tough to find. And I thought he did a really, really good job with that. I want to come back to chase and I want to come back to 2024, but first I want to, I want to kind of realign the timeline a little bit and, and help set up why this is so significant because uh, Zach, for those who haven't connected the dots or maybe don't know, you really did help mold and, and, and kind of set Carson up. So, I mean, he obviously started making for his name, a name for himself at such a young age. But then you mentioned 2020 and, and the marquee event wins that came in 2020 as he was starting to dabble into bigger stages. Just kind of talk about working with Carson, watching him mature as a person, watching him mature as a race car driver, and, and seeing him climb that ladder and kind of your role, right? I imagine it, and I've never been a car chief uh, and a crew chief and that kind of role with somebody, but I imagine it almost like as a bigger brother or as a father-son kind of relationship where, you know, you're doing everything that you can in your power and they just have to take the tools and utilize them correctly and, and, and then pass the torch, right? So, Kind of, go, kind of walk us through that, right? Even if it's before 2020, that ma that maturing, that that development of Carson, and now seeing it take him to Sunday. Yeah, I mean, if we want to get the short version of it, um, all the way back when we started, um, I he was just he was 12, he's 13 years old, like like he still literally watched SpongeBob on his on his phone, and it was like, <laughs> okay, we like like this is like the kids got talent, but we're gonna have to figure this out. 
Right. I give a lot of credit, like to his parents. They trusted us. They he said he came up here and he'd stay with my family. Um, he slept on our couch. I have two older boys that um, would talk to him. My daughter Riley, um, she she still calls him, talks to him. Um, my wife put up with his shenanigans of leaving <laughs> socks all over the counter, and we'd find AirPods. And I mean, he's he he's such a good kid that like you couldn't help but to like him, even if there was a fault here or there. Um, as far as the development goes, he was always fast. Um, and, and him and I never, didn't talk about it all coming on here, so I'm going to shoot right from the hip. He, he, he made some mistakes. I made some mistakes um, spotting for him when he was younger. In 2020, so we did the KBR thing for several years and had a good run, had a great run. Um, and it just kind of ran its course um, after the ARCA deal and some late model shows. We won a, won, won a bunch of races. And Scott and Amy Hosevar put their faith in me to kind of spearhead this deal going forward um, by myself and um, rented some shop space from Butch and Johnny Van Dorn. And that was um, the first race we went to was uh, the COVID I-44 deal. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he put he put on, put on a show there. And um, I, I'll never forget it. I was spotting for him. And when we went to the back and about 10 to go, I said, oh, my God, bud, you can just just don't do nothing dumb. You're going to end up top five. And uh, he rated up and I don't know if I can say every word he said, but he said, <laughs> I think I can still win this thing. And uh, he did. And it was a cool deal. Um, there was a lot going on at that point in my life with um, some family and some, some health issues. And it was really cool to get that win to kick things off. And uh, yeah, it was a really good season. Um, tons of maturity. Um, was developed, you know, and still made mistakes. I made mistakes as spotter. He made mistakes as drivers, but I felt like we both grew from it. Um, Butch and John Van Dorn, um, the, the cars they were building us were, were as good as anybody's in the country, if not better. You know, we had a lot of, a lot of wins and a lot of money to hang our hat on. And we won some races in uh, TK's car, which was just a satellite partner with us. So it was an extension of the same thing. But Tom K-Mac was a huge part of it, too. Zach, I know you got something, but yeah. I want to tell Zach, I don't know if he knew this, but we kind of have a connection with that I-44 race. I was in the flag stand flagging that race that yeah. Carson won, yeah. and I had the best view in the house of what he did after he got that flat tire, went down pit road, got it changed, and just drove through the field. Well, and I'll tell you this, I had the second best view because I was down in the infield uh, and, and watched it go flat and then watched him come down pit road and, and go back out there and, and do what he did. and. I don't. I wish that we'd have known what that was going to do, right? What that was going to kick off, because then he goes on to win three marquee events, um, three three of the biggest super late model races in the country. And I believe, and Zach Dunson, you would know this better than we would, but I believe that really helped springboard the next level of his career um, to where now we have had a chance here over the last four weeks to watch him race on Sundays. And uh, now we're going to get a chance to do it even more in 2024. Um, so for me, I guess now the question is, right, Zach, is so you've done this once and you've done this with a kid that you were able to take under your wing, almost adopt him as, as, a, as a little brother or as a son. And so now what is the what, what are the feelings or what are the. I don't know the mental side of this, right, because Carson's still involved. His name is still attached to it. 
but now you hope to maybe try to do it again with, with, with another prospect. So what is that like for you? Because you've already been successful once. You haven't really failed at this yet. And I'm not saying that Chase is, is going to be the one that fails, but I mean, there's got to be a level of, of in your mind and, and, and in Carson's mind of, okay, we're taking a chance on this kid. We know he's really good. He's responded really well to us. But, man, that bar is pretty high for what you've already been able to do. Yeah, I mean, it's from from meeting with his family and and watching him on TV and talking to him and seeing some of the interviews he does. I don't know if it's a chance. I'm not going to say a chance. I think I think Chase has got that much talent, and I think do I think we're going to go out and win four of the first five races? No, I'm, I'm sure. a realistic. But I, I, I'm going to say right now, he's going to be competitive. He's going to be good. Um, I told his family that, you know, I think it's a two-year deal. Um, you run, We're going to run pros this year and dabble a little bit of supers towards the second half of the year and then supers next year. And I, I would never call it a chance because I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think he could win. Sure. Um, and I want to qualify would, my statements a little bit, too, by saying, there are a lot of really good race car drivers in this country. What 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 Carson has been able to do is virtually unheard of, right? Because so many people want to do what he's been able to do. It's really hard to accomplish. So Chase could, Chase probably is, like you said, a really great race car driver and a top level race car driver. It's just so hard, right? That's that's my point. It's ab- it's absolutely it's absolutely hard. I mean. Carson's got a huge following in my neighborhood with my family and my friends and everything. And, and, and they're all becoming better race fans and bigger race fans. And we all, like I said, we're getting ready to watch Monday night football game tonight. And there's, I don't know. I don't know the math in front of me. I probably should have wrote down, but what is there? 500 ish starting. I guess it's not 500. Was it 22 starters, 36 teams? You do the math, whatever it is. There's a couple hundred professional NFL players that played yesterday and today. There's 38 seats in the cup level deal. Yeah. So to get there is, is, is really cool. And I think he's Carson is going to do an awesome job in it. And he's going to do an awesome job, you know, just consulting, helping us and to get them from literally a 13 year old kid to the cup series, you know, uh, our program, we're, we're happy. We're looking forward to the next chapter, the next challenge. Um, and, and I can't wait to get going. Like, our first races in Cordell at speed fest. And like, I was talking to chase this weekend. And I'm like, dude, like, like we need to flip the calendar or something like we're, it's time to get there. <laughs> and he was super excited. We're building, um, a brand new car for the Derby for Carson. Cause the two of us, as good as we were in 2020 to go down there and not even make the show on time is, is, is unheard of, but that's how hard the Derby is. And, um, we're going no stops, no excuses this year. Chase and his grandpa are actually coming down. We're going to test November 16th, um, building a brand new car. Um, the brand new car is going to match Chase's brand new car. And we're going to run the 14 number and the 14 paint scheme for Chase. So he's just an extension of Carson for 2024. And, Zach, we, we've been mentioning Chase. We're going to say, let everybody know, Chase Pince know if they haven't um, seen the article about him, what's going on. Um you know, we have a friend of our program he's been on. We've had him on a couple of times, Ray Morneau Jr., who ran over at uh, Delaware. And he was the pro late model champion last year there. And and he ran he ran some select APC events. Just talk about over there in Canada, that is some really, really tough racing. And if you are good, you've done something over there. 
Absolutely. From some of the stuff I watched, I, I forget the name of the, the YouTube stream, but they do a really good job of streaming the Delaware races. And that's tough racing. Um, there's an orange car that's really good. I, I'm terrible with names so if I'm not directly related to them. That's Ray um, Morneau Jr. The, that's who that okay, is. Okay, yeah, so, so, so he's good. Um, the Steckley kid seems like he's got a, got a boatload of talent. And, I mean, the way they run them shows over there, man, you start 8th, ninth, 10th in a 35-lap race, you got to go. And uh, Chase said his one big concern was was one lap speed because they don't qualify over there all that much. Well, uh, the APC race, I believe, he qualified second, so <laughs> I think he's going to get the one lap speed figured out, hopefully pretty quick. Um, I, I joke with him a little bit on his shifting because they run two speeds over there, but um, we can we can we can we can hone him in on that for sure. Do the two speed and, twice. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny, yeah, do the what's two funny, speed twice. What's funny, Zach? I didn't know if you know this. Steckley's making his way down to Nashville this weekend. I did see that on the entry list. Um, so it'd be good to get some of them guys over here. Um, I don't know much about them other than just watching them a few times over there. Um, like they got that J.R. Fitzpatrick, uh, just as good as they get in short track racing. So when you race against all them guys, I feel like you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be pretty good. What's the emotion like for you with this now? Is it, is it a bittersweet deal? Is it an excitement deal that, I don't want to say your time has come to a close because I think you'll always have valuable information to help Carson, but he's definitely been handed off to some people who get paid a lot of money now to take care of him. Um, what is that like now for this next chapter for you to, to you know, almost it's like graduating somebody to send him off and, and now be looking to the next one in line? Oh, I mean, bittersweet's probably a partly good way to put it. A little bit emotional. Um, his mom and his dad, Scott and Amy Hosevar, are literally like second parents to me. Um, if it wasn't for them, none of this would be possible for me or my family. Um, that I've never had a boss or the person that signs my paycheck call me to make sure I'm not at work because he told me I work too much. And when <laughs> we were all going through COVID, Scott Hosevar would call me to make sure I was home helping with my daughter because my wife was working full time from home. And if it like, Scott and I talk probably three times a week still to this day, even if Carson's not racing. And if it wasn't for those two individuals, I, I don't know where I'd be. Um, I don't know where Carson would be because they've done a ton for him. Um, I listen to almost every one of Carson's races on the NASCAR app. And being the big brother or not, whatever you want to call it, um, there's, there's times I call him after the race and say, like, look, bud, you needed somebody to tell you to shut the F up. Like, like just drive the thing. You're, you're – you're winning the race, you know, and, and I understand in corporate America, you can't talk that way. Um, but that's, that's a relationship that him and I have that will never, I might go three, five, seven days and not talk to him. But when the times are good, I hear from him when the times are bad, you know, when he needs somebody to talk to vent, uh, ask questions. I mean, he'll call me at 11 o'clock at night and I'll be like, Oh my goodness. And, and but you know, you always make sure you answer for him for sure. How has it been, and I, this is just something that I've noticed, and I only noticed this because I'm the announcer for CRA and, and a little bit of a, you know, you kind of keep track of trends on for what we're doing here on Horsepower Happenings. Carson has struggled lately in, in the late model program. Um, not only struggled to get the results that he's looking for, quite frankly, he struggled to finish races um, when he's entered in the late model car. How tough has that been for you, um, and and how much of a turnaround are you guys expecting? Um, it kind of maybe there's even a little excitement there for this next chapter for the late model program to kind of get back on track. 
Uh, I think this is one of them questions where when you get interviewed and you don't get interviewed very often, it's like, ah, I hope they don't ask any of them awkward questions. But <laughs> I, right. uh, well, and, and the only reason I bring it up is because, right, like 2020 and 2021, as you mentioned, lights out so good, standard and the expectations are high. And then you go to Cordial and, and you get the DNF and then the Redbud DNF and then, you know, Winchester DNF. And you're looking and, and going, man, what is going on? And then, you know, struggles at Owasso and struggles at Birch Run and, um, you know, everybody has an opinion. They're like belly buttons and other parts of the anatomy, and they're all full of something. So I just kind of wondered yep. from 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 inside, what has it been like? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little. It's not even frustrating. So um, when I was at KBR, we housed a car for Eric Jones, and right, wrong, or indifferent, there's a lot of really, really, really good race car drivers out there. And they all want to get to the same place. And sometimes, sometimes like Carson's by no means innocent all the time. And sometimes you get a victim of circumstance. And when we've had speed, um, he's had a few run-ins. I mean, the elephant in the room is the Bertrand, the Owasso deal. It's, it is what it is. I mean, Johnny Van Dorn was crew chief and Kyle, I was crew chief and Carson and they, they, you know, the Birch Run deal, I probably could have put a little on me for I could have de-escalated the situation with with Kyle Spotter. We actually had an issue at the start of the race, and then it's it's two passionate racers not wanting to give an inch. You know, they both want um, to win the race. It, by it, the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But good news is, is Ethan won, and then when somebody wins, they got to buy lunch. So the 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 bonus of it was I did get a free <laughs> cheeseburger out of the deal, but we didn't get a check or a trophy, so that wasn't a very good deal. Um, no, I don't think so. I think, um, Carson's focus was there. Um, it, it had nothing to do with him. It was probably a run of bad luck. And I feel like probably some of the stuff shows up more because maybe people know Carson more now or expect him to come and just win exactly. every single race. And I was just going to say that um, I'm probably guilty of it too, yeah. right? You, we, as media, yeah. we, we, as media build him up, uh, he, yep. he is a NASCAR driver and so everybody is gonna guess what nobody can probably tell me whether or not chase Berta finished a race at salem earlier this year except for me because i'm following him because he races for cra but everybody and their brother yep. can tell you how many races carson hosevar didn't finish because he's carson hosevar correct and and that's okay that comes with the territory that comes with comes with what we deal with and i got the best damn crew in the pit area between bob verhar and kevin and a few others that rotate in and out. And you want to know, at the end of the day, we, we put the trailer door up and we grab a Mountain Dew and maybe a Coors Light or I'm on a diet, so maybe a Mick Ultra. <laughs> and we talk about it and we get the thing ready for the next one. And we make sure the car is ready to come and not fall apart. And the stickers look nice and our sponsors are happy and um, we, we move on. So uh, if you sit and piss and moan about it on, on the, the Facebook there or whatever, then it doesn't do no good. So, um, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's all okay. You know, um, I never get too up or too down. I used to get pretty fired up, but, um, I try not to anymore. So, yeah. Zach, I want to ask you now, you know, just, you, you did your job, right? You, you raised the kid, you sent him off to get a real job, which he's done just fine at, um, does, is this good for you to, to reinvigorate you bringing Chase in uh, and you get to, you know, not just for the advantages that Chase has working with the experience you have, but 
does this reinvigorate you and kind of light a fire under you a little bit for next season? Oh, I think absolutely. Because, um, you, you get one deal done. And like I said, Carson, and I, and his family will never, never not talk. And, um, but yeah, I mean, to say I'm excited would be an understatement because I want to be able to do it again. I want to, you know, Scott Hosevar and I talk, when we talk, he's like, how's it going? How's it going? How's Chase doing? How's his family doing? Good. Like Scott Hosevar is as excited or more excited for, for me to turn over the next page than, than probably Chase is to be able to drive the thing. And it's just such, like everybody is pulling the rope in the same direction that it, it's, it's so exciting. My wife, my wife said, well, maybe I have to move my office from the spare bedroom into our bedroom. So Chase has a place to sleep. So he's got his own TV. And my daughter's like, oh, well, do I have to share a shower now? I've always had my own shower. <laughs> so it's, it, it, it affects the whole family. And it's all in a good way because the, the kid is, I mean, once you meet him and interview him, I, he's, he's probably more mature than I am at times. He's, he's polite. He's well-spoken. So the short answer of the long-winded answer is, yeah, I'm really darn excited and I, and I can't wait to get going what is uh Carson's role now you said that Chase will be an extension of Carson he'll run the same scheme he'll run the same number and and Carson may jump in the car as you said you've got a new car for the snowball um but but what is his role is is Carson now the primary check signer or is Carson what what does his role become now with this Carson host of our racing obviously as Rich uh so politely alluded to at the beginning um, you know, he's the head honcho and, and you're the second fiddle. So what, what does that look like? So, um, going up and down the road, when we pull into the first pit gate, it's, it's not going to look any different at all. We're actually utilizing all of the Carson Osvar racing equipment, hauler, pit boxes, crew guys, radios, the whole nine yards. And when the car rolls out, it's going to look like Carson's going to be there. Um, uh, performance wise, um, it's going to be determined. Carson said he'd like to come to a test every once in a while with Chase and be able to hop in with him and kind of bounce ideas off each other. How much seat time Carson's going to get in late mile next year, I honest to God, it's probably going to be pretty limited. Yeah. Um, sponsorship obligations and media availabilities is unreal when you race <laughs> on Sundays. Um, so it would be midweek stuff if he could come up and test. And, and he said, I might be able to come test two or three times um, racing. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, he'd like to say he could race 12 times, but sure. there's no way. Sure. Um, realistically, but yeah, he wants to be involved. He, he knows the feel of a super late model. He knows the feel of a pro late model. Um, and he said, I want to be there for a phone call. If Chase says, Hey, I'm going to Chris Motorsports Park. What do I need to do? What do I not need to do? Well, you need to get your left front fender on the, on the, on the inside wall coming off four. If you can't do that, bring it to the pits and work on it. You know, <laughs> stuff like that is, is, is where it's going to be crucial um, because Carson caught on a lot of these tracks pretty quickly. And, and, and he has a memory for racing. Like I'm not sure he remembers how to spell his name sometimes, but he'll tell you every bump and every billboard from South Alabama to uh, we went up in that race in uh, IWK up in Anaganish, Nova Scotia. And he was fast from lap seven. Like, like he just, he just knows so much about the feel of a car. All right, last question, because uh, at this point in our recording process, the Detroit Lions are getting set to kick off against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, so we got to wrap this up. Um, last yes, we do. La last question, um, what is the plan? Pro late model racing, yes, but 
that's that's very uh, that's very vague. A lot of pro late model cars can run at Berlin. We know the history with CHR at Berlin, obviously. Uh, the Jags tours around this area and rebuilding. You've got uh, other opportunities to race. Uh, you know, crate late crate racing late models uh, around the country. So, uh, what are you guys looking at? As you move into this next year, obviously going down to Crisp, that'll be a Jags Tour sanctioned event, so that one's easy. Uh, but when you come back up to home, what are you guys thinking about? Um, right now, we're looking at doing as many of the Jags races as we can, um, which is should be all of them. Um, we're going to fill in with the Berlin Super Late Model stuff, run the two big shows at Berlin, the midweek shows. Um, we're going to run all of the Alan Turner um, pro late model races at Pensacola and, and run the snowflake at the end of the year. We are going to run a handful or a couple, whatever we can, cars tour races, uh, probably North Wilkesboro. Uh, I believe just on past history, Southern National will be their first race. Usually in March, we'll probably try and run that one once that date comes out. And uh, trying to get to 25, probably 30 races, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll dabble in a couple of super races towards the end of the year. Chase's family has ties with uh, um, the Sauter family. So one of their bucket list races, they'd like to go run the, uh, um, I believe it's the Jim Sauter Memorial uh, in, up in Wisconsin. So um, do some of that. and But yeah, 25 to 30 races, 90% of them will be pro late models up and down the east of the Mississippi. I love it. I uh, love to hear it. Jake's Tour is going to be really fun next year too, by the way. Uh, I got a scheduled tease yesterday from director Scott Menlin. I'm really looking forward to when that drops uh, because it's going to be a good schedule for 2024. Zach Dunson is, uh, what is your official title so that we can get that right and quit picking on you? Uh, we'll just go with crew chief or team manager. I got a whole lot of other roles that aren't as glamorous, but we'll go with crew chief and team manager. Um, so you had an opportunity, probably another appropriate one. You had an opportunity to go with COO. You had an opportunity to, to set your own path here and you went with, <laughs> you went with crew chief. That has been your longtime title. Yeah. So I understand why you went there. Yeah, that's all good. I mean, even sometimes the toilet's got to get clean. So I could have been the janitor too, I guess. That's I mean, right. you that's can right. say whatever you want. Floor sweeper. Uh, yeah. Cleaning engineer. I'm the cleaning engineer also. There's another and the guy, and, and the guy that'll tell Rich whatever he asks whenever he wants it, right? Zach? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah, the, yeah. Usually, even sometimes if I gotta lie to you, yeah. <laughs> you, you, I don't think you've ever done that to me. I trust you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And there's another phrase for somebody who does everything that somebody tells them to, but we'll keep this program rated PG-13. Uh, so yeah, I, that's right. I tell you what, Zach, man, what a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you. We've we've communicated with some appearance stuff for Carson and, and things like that, but really a pleasure to kind of get to break down what it looks like behind the scenes and what it looks like for 2024. I'm excited for you guys for this next chapter uh, at CHR, and, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at Cordial on, uh, in January. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll for sure see you at uh, Don Cordell. Oh, and last but certainly not least, go Lions. That's right. Go Lions. All right, let's look ahead, Rich, on the upcoming calendar. And we thought that this one was already out of our system. We already talked about Nashville and uh, the big weekend that's coming up there. But now let's talk about a rescheduled dirt race. They're going to try to hold one in November in our neck of the woods, if you will. They tried to get it done last week, and it just didn't work out. Um, Montpelier Motor Speedway, the Monster Mash, they didn't get it in last Saturday. They're going to try it again this Saturday. 
I I looked today. I didn't see the times. I imagine it's gonna they're gonna get started in the afternoon. Doesn't look like it's gonna be overly posty down there in Montpelier, Indiana. But uh, Zach, I think that's the last one that they're gonna try and squeeze in. If it's Saturday, looks like the weather might looks like the weather's gonna be a little dry. So they might. Uh, they might have some luck with that on Saturday afternoon. I think all you got to do is if you want the racers there, it just has to be dry. If you want fans, it needs to be warm. So they're probably not going to get a whole lot of fans in the stands, but they should get uh, some race cars back pit side if it's going to be dry. Well, if they bought tickets last week and they get to come back this week, well, that's probably, true. there you go. That's true. So. That's a good point. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. Uh, we thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll keep you posted on, uh, on the likelihood of a Monday show. I think it's probably... Uh, questionable right now. We won't put it on the injured reserve yet, uh, but we're going to call Monday's show questionable after the All-American 400. Is that fair? That depends how Sunday night goes after we're done. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So uh, i got to say on behalf of, or first I have to say thank you so much to uh, Zane DeVault and Zach Dunson for making time to chat with us. And uh, then on behalf of Scott Menley, who pays the bills, Rich France, who helps uh, so much getting uh, the script all put together and uh, organizing the guests. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.